Previously on Roll for Blank, the party arrived through the abyss to Luminera in its distant past. Uh, you were joined by Ted, who was is now a member of the uh, the Blue Man Group, copyright something, Las Vegas, uh, who appeared and he's totally lost his mind from traveling through all of space and time, so he can no longer speak. Uh, he pretty much just vomits marshmallows and also has uh, a just impeccable sense of rhythm. You guys met up with High Administrator Cayenne, Cinnamon's father, and a child Cinnamon, and you found out that the Astrolabe was under construction and would be grand opened at sunset. Cayenne, uh, you discovered, is this idealist who just wants to bring common good to the common people. Uh, so you guys went to the bar because you were like, we maybe we want to kill God. Uh, you talked about that. Um, and a pickpocket, little tiny pickpocket, ran in and stole the mortal stone from uh, from Flint, I believe. Uh, you guys chased that pickpocket outside. You found out that it was the child version of Cinnamon from the original timeline, who you had fought and then sent into the abyss, where she ultimately arrived here. Um, she told you that you had to choose between serving the abyss or being devoured by it. And while you didn't really answer the question uh, directly, you definitely didn't serve the abyss. Uh, so Cinnamon turned into a huge nebulous blob monster and erected a, a space-time dome and you you guys had to fight and the fight was was pretty awesome because ted discovered that he was able to perform on a xylophone using and also using a board and a didgeridoo to create some soothing music that uh, used healing energy that was damaging to cinnamon prime flint blasted at her with the plasma rifles and found out that that did a lot of extra damage too and uh you guys just trashed her it was pretty surprisingly easy actually and uh the original timeline cinnamon is now dead. There is no OG high administrator cinnamon any longer. She died, and that space time bubble uh, just eroded before your eyes. It is nearly completed eroding now. And you can see outside that it's nearly sunset and that a crowd has gathered by the astrolabe for the ribbon cutting ceremony. Are we are all cool with the idea that? We may have killed Cinnamon as a child and just completely changed the original timeline. Does anybody have a photograph we can look at? <laughs> I, so you you say you, you've got the problem with ki killing new old Cinnamon or old new Cinnamon? I, is, which, which would be... No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with it. Okay, me too. So what's the plan now? We're stopping... What is the plan? Well, we are stuck in peace, and we either stay here or we don't stay here, and we destroy Astrolabe or we don't destroy Astrolabe or Cinnamon or uh, or Cinnadad. I think I think those are those are the uh, the the options in play. Eric is Tedson still a blue man? Uh, so he's. Um... The paint's starting to like bleed off of him and he's really, really kind of jarred and confused just where he's at. And he's just kind of staring at the back of his hands, trying to make sense of whose hands they are. Okay, cool. You're pulling an auto from the Simpsons. You know, they call them fingers, <laughs> but you've never seen them thing. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in, in the distance, you all see this, this crowd is gathered. You see that, that high administrator Cayenne and his, and his daughter from this, 
other timeline, young Cinnamon are standing near a dais uh, beside the astrolabe. Um, there are construction workers uh, kind of gathered around preparing to lay final stone uh, of the structure. And, uh, and yeah, the sun is, the sun is beginning to set. Um, r- real quick, was, was it said, does, does Miski have eyes uh, at this time? Does he, is he still uh, have the bandana on and have kind of the, the empty socket seeing through the astral plane? Or is he a, a younger version that still is fully formed? I, I believe he's, you still have the the uh, bandana and astral plane eyes because the last okay. thing that you had, I think, were wooden eyes that you had put in your head and then taken out and left. Yeah, I had the robot eyes and then the wooden eyes. So now we're oh, yeah. back to no eyes. Now, I yeah, didn't yeah. know if the uh, the time jumping changed that. Yeah, none of you have become younger from going back okay. in time. Um, okay. Okay. <clears throat> well, I, I feel ill-equipped to understand what is going on or where we are or what our, our decisions will impact for future. So I guess I vote for either do nothing or murder everybody. Wow. <laughs> to, um, to me, that means only, only two options. Yeah, that's certainly each side of the spectrum. Um, Tedzin, what's your vote? Uh, at the sound of hearing Tedzin, my eyes perk up and it just finally register, registers to me that that's my name. And then memories start flooding back of lifetimes ago when I went by the name Tedzin. And then I vomit up all the, the remaining marshmallows in my bowels. And I'd like to say that during during this moment, your entire your entire thieving life is flashing before your eyes. So you're you're remembering the first time you stole a pacifier from another child at your daycare. You're remembering yeah, yep. the the first time that you broke into the uh, the confiscated goods closet from your school, and you're remembering the the moment that you were breaking into the safe when the invitation to go to Luminera floated down to you, and you had to make the the harried choice to steal a couple of jewels and the alarm from that safe. And with every uh, thieving memory, one more marshmallow comes out of the gullet. <laughs> each one bouncing to the ground like a like a prism of time and memory captured in emulsified sugar well uh yeah and then i just start weeping at my reclaimed identity and my recalling what my fingers used to do back in my the prime of my thieving days would like to get back to thieving so i just start looking around for something to uh to thieve okay roll perception ted 14 Okay, you see just a bunch of classy-looking people in the crowd uh, over by the where the ribbon-cutting ceremony is going to begin. You're seeing you see ladies wearing fur coats. You see men with monocles that clearly are bejeweled and bedazzled, and uh, I mean maybe even bejazzled too. I don't know that that was a thing for a little while. But yeah, you you definitely see that there are some there are some wealthy people who have come out for this ceremony and uh, and that's probably pretty enticing to you. Yeah, um I would like to crack my knuckles, whisper to myself, right back, and then just saunter my way over, you know, uh covered in marshmallows and blue paint, um but just saunter over and just see if I can fit into the crowd. Yeah, at this point, I think you probably look like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator after he's covered himself in mud, but you, but it's just Correct. all blue, <laughs> so you just have like blue yeah, splotches. Yeah. yeah, 
perfect. I just want to be clear with everyone. I asked Miski what we should do, and he said nothing or murder everyone. And then I asked Tedson, and he just walked away and started <laughs> looking for things to steal. I mean, in fairness, so just, he said, I'm back, and then he walked away. <laughs> he, he whispered like he, he just came down from a crazy acid trip. <laughs> so in, in a world where I thought Miski was the hardest to communicate with, he's the, the competent one. <laughs> Who I have to make this decision with. All right. It's canon that Miski has changed a lot. Miski is no longer the uh, curious, bumbling man-child that he was before the the Undying Lands. No, he seems to now be the the nihilistic, hopeless, murder-or-do-nothing child. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. No, character character has come full circle, and uh, I feel great about it. So, All right, well, I would like to... Okay, well, um, blue, blue friend is... He looks healthy, I, I guess, for, for bleeding bleeding his skin off. But um, I do... Oh, if, if this were uh, teeter-totter, would you sit on nothing or murder? What, what say you? Are you asking... Flea? 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 Yeah, who are you addressing this to? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, okay. Flint. Well, that is... One of those puzzles that I think, you know, the wisest men in the land have trouble coming to terms with. So I guess nothing. So, uh, I think we should uh, see what, see how this progresses, see what um, uh, High Administrator Cad Cardamom. Cadmium? Cadbury. Cadbury. Cayenne. I think we should see what High Administrator High Administrator Cayenne has to say, and you know maybe do some like uh, stealthy investigations around the crowd and see if we can figure out. Well, is this thing gonna start up? Has it already started up? Well, Are there any weaknesses from, or flaws? From being from future, we we know that it it does start up. I I think, um, unless we break it. And then it starts up in future, but in past future, it's either either way. We we go into crowd. People be very excited. They think this is new beginning, uh, but we know this is only part four, and um, it's so. I I guess we, I guess we do nothing. I guess we we just become our own grandchildren, grand grandparents. Uh, do you <laughs> are you making? Do you make sense of these? While, while Misky is pondering the uh, the moral relativism and the hopelessness of taking action, whether uh, everything's deterministic or not, I walk off. <laughs> You're walking toward the ceremony. <laughs> yeah, I just I, at this point I want to see what what's going on at the ceremony. Okay, <laughs> Misky, are you gonna are you gonna follow or are you gonna kind of? I'm gonna realize that I'm just talking to myself. Uh, more alone than usual, and go and follow both of them into the crowd. Okay. As as you all walk into the crowd, you uh, you see Cayenne step step tall onto the dais, and and he picks up one of those kind of cone amplifier sort of sort of things that you'd see at a pep rally. But this is this is the olden times when there's not electricity yet, so this is just how people are louder. And uh, and he says, "Today is a great day in our history." We are bringing about the dawn of a new era. 
one that will bring peace and equality to all of us and will allow us to prosper in ways as yet inconceivable. By activating this great power source, this astrolabe, we are tapping into the hidden immense power of the beyond and bending it to our good nature. We shall change the course of existence for eons to come. And the, the crowd just starts roaring with applause. Uh, he's slowly stepping down to walk toward uh, what you all notice to be a, a very large, possibly ceremonial lever that is mounted uh, outside the astrolabe. Uh, how big is this ceremonial lever? It's like it's like a person tall. It's definitely like oversized the way that a check might be or a pair of scissors. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Does it appear to be connected to anything or be purely ceremonial? Yeah, I mean, it, well, roll roll investigation real quick. We'll see see what you can tell. Uh, investigation is a sixteen. Okay. Uh, yeah, you you kind of look and you you give a little squint too you're still kind of far back in the crowd but you know um at this point actually uh Azarafel might fly up and and scout this for you but what you can tell is that the the lever is attached to something there there seems to be a a length of of wire or string that's running from the lever to a point back near the opening to the cave but not into the cave just sort of behind uh the astrolabe structure uh so I'm looking through my spells, which I don't have anything that would apply here. But I was thinking, do we want to stop him from flipping this lever or not? Uh, Miski had the same thought. And as he's walking over, Miski is going to cast Force Cage around the lever itself. Okay, great. What which is, is yeah. an, an invisible cube up to 20 foot per side that just appears wherever I want it to be for one hour. Great. So now the lever is inside a glass case of emotion. It is in a glass case of emotion. Yes. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So you you see, uh, and at this point, I'm I'm allowing time to move very slowly. So Cayenne is moving still toward that. He has not reached it. Ted, hey, are you? Hey, hey, Ted's in 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 Fleet Fleet. Come here, come here. It, do you like mimes? I love mimes. They're like they're my favorite. They find the box and then they, they're like uh, dancing with hip strings. And it, anyway, this this be funny part. You should watch. You should watch watch him watch him pull lever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just I just not not really taking in all that because I haven't adjusted to his accent after however many infinite years in the void. Um, but I'm 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 gleefully smiling at him and letting him know that I am at least trying to listen. It's you. You're like Han Solo with carbon sickness. You recognize yeah. something, but you can't recognize what it is. Are you? <laughs> it's the are most you... most active listening that anybody has given Miski in years. It's true. <laughs> like really, really leaning forward and and owning it, even if it's not authentic. Uh, are you picking any pockets right now, Ted? I uh, I would like to. Um, I went ahead and and rolled because uh, my intention moving over was to just reach into the fur pockets and just see what what goodies I could get, but I rolled a natural one. Okay. So cool. I figured the blue paint might be getting in the way of things. Yeah. So, so you are, uh, you're, you're kind of, you're nodding at Miski, but you're not really paying attention to where your hand's going. And normally under normal conditions, Tedson can both walk, chew gum, steal, and sing H the, the score to the HMS Pinafore at the same time. But you are, you are uh, just uh, hammered with abyssal 
hangover. So you're, <laughs> you're reaching into this pocket and you just grab a big old handful of this lady's butt. And, uh, and, and you also discover that, yes, there, there do seem to be some loose gems in her pocket, um, but she is going to immediately scream. And this is going to cause some alarm, alarm in the crowd. And now uh, everyone is looking at you. Uh, High Administrator Cayenne is uh, turning mid-stride, so he's kind of not paying attention. And as he's sort of walking forward and looking at this, he is going to smack into that uh, invisible cage. So he kind of face plants on that and falls backwards around. Miski is just roaring with laughter. He thinks it is the <laughs> funniest thing that has ever taken place. Just pure, pure humor. So mainly all that Miski did in the Undying Lands was become French. <laughs> you're, you're existential and yep. uh, nihilistic and you love mimes and you like and, when people get hurt due to and mimes. it's all <laughs> just slapstick. <laughs> yeah. Oops. So okay. uh, <clears throat> when he runs into that, I would like to cast Thaumaturgy. Great. Okay. Uh, and I would like to, uh, so I reach down and put my hand on the ground and cause harmless tremors to emanate throughout the area. And so as if there's some sort of natural phenomenon that's causing this uh, issue he's having with the lever. Great. Okay, so the the ground starts to shake all around you. The crowd who were turning to look at Tedzin and this woman who he was pickpocketing that was screaming is now just uh, panicking because they they think something is terribly terribly wrong. Uh, and High Administrator Cayenne has has fallen to the ground. He's getting himself back up. A couple of the construction workers are helping him stand up. Uh, the child Cinnamon is is standing by, looking very concerned. The, the whole astrolabe ceremony seems extremely disturbed at this point. I need uh, everybody to roll initiative because a couple of the gentlemen around the woman that Ted was pickpocketing are not too pleased about it. Hmm. And I tell them, gentlemen, gentlemen, I wasn't trying to steal anything. I was just trying to touch her butt. And you succeeded, <laughs> despite the natural one. <laughs> um, uh... Do roll persuasion for that. Let's see if that, let's see if that dissuades. Wait, uh, my browser froze again. Can you roll for me? Sure. Uh, uh, I rolled a seven. What's your What's your add-on for persuasion? I would imagine it's pretty high. You rolled. Sorry, did you, you say you rolled a seven? Yeah. So I have an ability that if I roll lower than nine, nine or lower, it, the roll goes to ten, and then okay, my skill pers- persuasion or performance persuasion. Oh, plus eight, so eighteen. Okay, yeah. So with <laughs> you can't do less than eighteen. <laughs> with that eighteen, and uh, and remembering that this takes place in Luminera about a generation ago, both of these guys who were ready to defend this woman's honor look at you and go, "Nice," and just turn and walk <laughs> away, and you no longer need to roll initiative. Um, <laughs> And Misty becomes more and more nihilistic. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, hey, you know, uh, misogyny and toxic masculinity have been a problem in Luminera as they have been in the rest of the world. So it's just a thing. All right. So the 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 crowd is is uh, panicking. They're they're dissipating. There's there's about ten people left now, standing. They're kind of huddling near. Uh, near the astrolabe to to observe what they hope might still be the ceremony. High Administrator Cayenne is standing up again. He he dusts himself off. He says, "No, ev- everyone, please, 
there is still time to mark this momentous occasion. Uh, do not, do not leave. The majority of the crowd is is not compelled. They, they are they are moving away quickly because there is an active earthquake. There is uh, some sort of invisible box that caused him to fall over. Um, which to 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 them it just looks like a a man hit nothing and fell down, which I think would be concerning for all of us. If I was walking down the street and I saw that, I would be uh, concerned. So you got that. You've also got this. There, there's a pickpocket now among the crowds. Uh, some of the people who are leaving are like, I don't need this. I I brought my I wore my ceremonial best to this to this occasion. I didn't know there would be rabble here. So that that's where you're at. Well, I like the idea that someone saw high administrator fall and hit the ground and then felt the rumbles and thought, man, he's pounds and pounds. Oh, buddy. Aww. It's okay. Yeah. But you know, it's again, just like, just like the toxic masculinity, the shaming culture was different a generation mm-hmm. it was, ago. Bad. Yeah. Uh, so okay. Miski is still just, just giggling away, uh, oblivious to, the the confrontation or the butt grabbing or any of it um and starts to to go up to cinnamon or cayenne and who who okay just be uh you try try one more time try, try to do the thing do the do the, do the pull the pull the lever you you want me to try to activate the astrolabe again um, yeah yes yes just try try to pull lever i'm concerned about the the way in which you're actively almost laughing while you say it. Would you roll a deception check, please? I hope I do poor. <laughs> Three. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cayenne is is really kind of concerned that you're so excited for him to do something that just caused him physical pain. So he's going to uh, do it nonetheless because he's still dedicated to this and, and he, he turns away from you. He kind of gives you this glare and shakes his head and then he puts his hands up to the crowd and says, no, please, please, uh, look, I, I, am, uh, I will activate the astrolabe now and you will see the amazing power that we have harnessed here and it will change everything forever. And he strides ever ardently forward toward, toward the lever and man just slaps right into that invisible cage again. And uh, this time he doesn't fall over because he kind of is ready for it, but he immediately grabs his face. You can see that he, he might have broken his nose, actually. There's a little bit of blood dripping down, and he steps back. And as the rest of the crowd just kind of groans and dissipates, he turns and looks at the three of you who are standing there and says, What? Who are you? And what are you doing in this place? I'm I'm so excited for this. Um, okay, um, Cayenne, I am friends of your future dead daughter, and I have come to keep you from starting a evil ring of powerful people who uh, I eat children to stay in power. It this. Uh, yes, this this is this is right. Is this this is this is how it went, Flint? I think it that, that that sounds right. yes, yes, this. So I I can't let you do liver unless we we talk about it. 
Um, yes. What? I, I, okay. Clearly, uh, something strange is happening here, and uh, I, I am well-versed in some magics. I, I can detect that, that someone has cast a spell around this lever, and perhaps hey, even uh, to create the tremors. Cayenne, that was a weird flex. You are pro, you're proficient in some magic? Who isn't? <laughs> <laughs> now now this is this is not the time to question my credentials or to be snarky we we can all be friends here right i just want to build a, a utopian society and uh, we we fully believe that we've harnessed the the power to do so uh, now now your uh, nude friend has decided to declare that this results in some sort of child eating future cult that's I, 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 I don't even really understand, to be honest. Uh, none Perhaps. of our engineers well, we, said anything about learned, anything like that. We learned, we just came from these four channels. And it, this is where we learned about this cabal of, uh, of how, how you, are, you will control the, the future. It is a terrible place. And we must stop you. Well, it, it I... Maybe... It, Describe what this future is. You you said that my daughter, that you killed my future daughter. Oh, just moments ago. Just <laughs> just moments ago. And he immediately turns to look at his current timeline daughter, who is very much alive. And and he rushes over and kneels down and hugs her and says, How how can this be? How can this be possible? Uh, well, I, I think what my friend Misky is trying to say, and I, I've just come up with this myself. I, I, I think you should write it down. You and your, your great group of mystics and, and scientists thought, I wonder if we could do this, but you never stopped to ask if you should. I like that. Someone uh, should write that down. Yes, the, the Goldblum theory. We've, <laughs> I, I studied that in, in secondary school. You know, yes, I, this, I, I, this flower told me about this blooming theory. That's where I got it. You, you know of Snappy the Snapdragon? Oh, Snappy and I are the closest of compatriots. I've studied with him for decades. Was it like a hundred years? Yeah, it was like an eternity. It was like an eternity. Um, and and you you see you see Cayenne suddenly have this realization that he has seen etchings of you in books with snappy and that very quote of the the gold bloom theorem yes uh that would be the gold dash b-l-o-o-m theorem yeah snappy's golden <laughs> golden bloom theorem got it yeah yeah best uh best studied shirtless and in repose um <laughs> Cayenne, Cayenne, uh, Cayenne is just mouth agape, astonished right now. You, you aren't, you aren't from this time or place. Any of you are you? What is time, man? That, that that's that is a great I, question. Would shall we shall we stoke a J and discuss it further? <laughs> yes. We should do that. I remember there being some really cool pools here. That would be fantastic. Um, yeah, so uh, High Administrator Cayenne 
has one of has a couple of the guards take cinnamon away and uh, and he just sits down crisscross applesauce in front of the astrolabe and he pulls pulls a nice J out of his out of his jacket and lights it up and invites you all to sit with him. Cool. This is way cooler than we thought he was. This this is good. I I like a good safe space smoke circle while we decide on the future of planet world. Uh, I agree. I join. I sit as well. So he's gonna he's gonna take a take a hit from the joint. He's gonna hold it in. He's gonna let it out. He's gonna take another little hit and he's gonna pass it to to his right. Well, actually, he's gonna pass it the left hand side because he's heard that song. Passing it and uh, yeah and and. You don't have to roll puff puff pass checks or anything unless you want to. Um, and Cayenne's going to say, okay, so so here's what I think you're telling me. I think you're telling me that if we turn on this astrolabe, some sort of unseen horror will take hold over this place that will ultimately result in you killing my daughter here in this time but it will be her from the distant future when I'm already gone. Does that sound about right? No, that sounds, that sounds way off. Okay, uh, explain it more clearly to me then. I'm Clearly oh, this has gone right I, to my head. No, this, this may... No, that's not, that's not. It's, that's exactly how it all happens in future. Not that it's not at all. It's ex, no, maybe it's not at all. Where, where are we? This, are we... Are we're in an old tree? So, is there an old tree nearby? <laughs> the, the, there there is the great sapling. Cayenne, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you can see some of the effects this, uh, what do we call it? The beyond, what, what is it? The abyss? Right now the it's abyss. just the abyss. Thanks. Oh, man, long day. Mondays, huh? Oh, man. Lasagna and capitalism. Oh, Mondays. <laughs> uh, so, Cayenne, Ky- <laughs> <laughs> I think what you can see is some of the effects of the abyss are having on my compatriots. This guy, I point to Miski, has trouble communicating in a language anyone can understand sober. And this guy, and I point to Cayenne, has pickpocketed some coins from you already. Yeah, it, Ted, uh, Ted, you can you can flash the coins that I'll, I'll we'll just say it's canon that you pickpocketed them while you've been smoking. <laughs> I have to go down the street. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is, do you really know what the effects are of this abyss that you're hoping to connect and, and siphon powers from? We you know, this is this is interesting. My my daughter had mentioned something to me when we first discovered the cave, and I, I chose not to believe her because she's a child. And, and now, in, in retrospect, I'm finding that that might have been the most foolhardy uh, action of my entire life. She, she told me that when we discovered the cave, she heard a voice that said that it needed to be released into this place. And while none of, none of my crew or miners or or the construction crew for the Astrolabe reported anything similar. I, I did notice that, that some of them seemed a little too devoted to their work, even when I encouraged them to sit down with me and, and sojourn in a J-circle like this one. So perhaps there is something amiss in this place that, that even I wasn't prepared for. 
Ah, yes. Um, this reminds me. Okay. Is there any lime jello in this cave? Lime jello? No, nee, not, in, not important. Uh, let's, let's say that if you can decide on future, in bad future might erase current you. Would you erase current future? Are you are you saying would I sacrifice myself or my or my goals to make the future not as dark and desperate as you've claimed it will be? No, I think I'm specifically asking if you would do that uh, with me. Would would I do that do that with m- my future? And what about Kenny Fantastico? Who Ken, Kenny Fantastico? I've only heard of Ricardo Fantastico, the <laughs> silent production actor. They travel the lands, they, they come, they set up a stage, they, they say nothing and walk around for literally one to two hours. It's, it's quite good if you've had a J-Circle before. <laughs> or do you know Esmeralda Fantastico? Ezzy? Why, yes, of course. <laughs> I... I didn't know that she was this. This Kenny must be related to Ezzy and Ricardo somehow. Yeah, I think he is her future grandson. Okay. Well, he dies. So, spoiler alert: he dies. Oh, this is because be, of the abyss. Because of this? Because of the astrolabe? Because of what we would do here? Yes. I, the idea that the deaths of my daughter and of a. Uh, child I've never met could happen as the outcome of this is is quite overwhelming. I I might be having a J-Circle related panic attack. Oh, it's not not just those two children. There's also a child at the pool in uh, untold numbers of probably children robots. Uh, it's tough to tell. We, we've been on some kind of murder spree if you, if you know how that goes. It's, it's hard to keep track. So, so you're telling me one, that you're murderers, which, look, if I wasn't <laughs> extremely high right now, I would be very concerned. But also... Oh, I mean, some of them, like your daughter, was totally justified. She did pickpocket. Well, I think we all have a very clear draconian policy on thievery, which uh, I'm looking at you, blue paint man. <laughs> he got me. <laughs> but if, 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 this, if this is the outcome of, of my great creation, then this is not a utopia at all, is it? This is... This is a horrible, destructive menace. Yes, I think that is exactly what Misty said in completely different words and meaning. <laughs> I mean, ne- next you're going to tell me that the adopted orc boy, Orpheus, that, that who, who tends my house is somehow going to die as a consequence of this. Yes, yeah. but not as a boy. The uh, <laughs> consolation prize, it's he's an adult and he becomes louder. Oh, he's he's quite loud now. Have you heard him? It's 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 very irritating. Hi, <laughs> Administrator. Oh, don't don't please no. Your your impression is too accurate. It is it is quite grating. There is a reason why we had the ceremony outside and far from my home. Uh, he is just one of a number who die, and that is not to say the the worst consequence, which is your daughter becomes complicit in these actions and knows full well that what she chooses to do to keep the astrolabe, to keep this dream alive, causes these deaths. That's uh, High Minister Kai and, and just 
he sort of whatever joviality was on his face just immediately washes away and he and he falls forward contrite and and holds his face in his hands and and after a few moments he he emerges and says i i had no idea that that what was such a noble plan could go so awry i clearly this this place will never be opened we we must together dynamite this cave we must destroy evidence of this the existence of this energy and this place so that it can never harm this land or any other land for for the the, the stories you are telling me are are too gruesome to wish upon anyone and too gruesome to take even the the most scant chance at making a better world or a better life in the short term and we all know that you are not allowed to lie in a J circle that That's, is the rule and law of this land. You, my man, are 100% correctamundo. <laughs> I like that phrase. Um, I'm going to steal it. Correctamundo. As he's kind of giving this speech, um, is going to stand up and walk over to the lever. Okay. And uh, remove the box and hold on to it. Okay. And, and ponder, but, but what... But but if future doesn't exist and past doesn't exist and we don't exist, then then everything will continue to maybe. I I'm having paradox problem here. I feel like we should just flip liver. And as you have that thought, you you're uh you suddenly have the most incredible headache you've ever had in your entire life, and your vision goes bright and total purple, and you hear a, a dripping, wet, horrible slimy voice say meddling mortals you will not change the past nobody will stop our plans and uh yeah and a giant fucking flying space octopus rips through (laughs) the rift of time and space and appears right above you and it grabs the lever and uh grabs you and you need to roll initiative uh, when you say it grabs you, it just grabs Misky, right? Yeah, it'll, it only grabbed Misky. It, and it flipped the lever or it did not flip the lever? It, it picked the lever up and uh, in so doing, it snapped the string that was attached to the lever. And there's actually no one attached to the, to the string anymore. So the lever was useless, but it is now holding a lever okay. in one tentacle. So it has six <laughs> unoccupied tentacles. One tentacle is holding Misky. The other is holding a useless novelty lever. And, uh, and everybody needs to roll initiative real fast. <laughs> Uh, seven. Okay. Uh, thir- 13. Okay. Uh, 22. 22. Nice. You said this is a space octopus? Yes. Or yes. is it a space squid? I want to make sure I'm picturing this right. Yeah, it's a, it's a space octopus. So so more of a, a bulb-shaped head, less of a less of a spear-shaped head. And uh, and yeah, this this guy's he's got like a, a protruding beak that's pretty gnarly and gross. And the tentacles are kind of flowing out like crazy sort of sort of just poking out of space and time it's is mostly in your reality but definitely a little bit inside some sort of gross abyssal reality and this this giant space octopus is going to continue saying uh now i will defeat you to serve my master and to bring in to usher in the end of all things except for darkness for i am ollie the space octopus. <laughs> In case Ollie, you didn't hear, you his name is Ollie the Space Topus. 
Yes, <laughs> stick with that title, Ollie. I am. I am very happy with the title. I will stick with it, and then I will stick you in my mouth and eat you. Uh, okay. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> um. Uh. So, Ted, you are first up. Is the the whole monster is visible, or it's like kind of creeping, attacking through the rift like four fifths of the monster is visible it's like just the the very back of the the octopus head is is through the rift is still on the other side of the rift but it's it's mostly like out and it's doing all of its tentacle stuff it's at a 90s rave it's doing that thing with the ball it's saying doodle it do doodle it do it's great great <laughs> so, yeah. um, i would like to deceive the space diplomat into believing that i am its master okay so you're going to do a deception check on that? Yes. All right. Uh, I'm just going to sh- shout out at it and say, Whom do you serve? And I rolled a... 18. Ooh, okay. Ollie's going to going to look at you and and say, I I serve... Do I, do I serve you? Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, you do. I, I do? What... What should I do? Um, I think you should come out of your time rift and come join this here J sesh, and we can just talk about what it means to be a uh, space diplomat out in your time part of the space time continuum. Ah, uh, and you can see that that Ollie is very conflicted right now because um, the J sesh sounds really appealing. Uh, <laughs> He's, he's going to going to kind of do this double take where he looks back into the rift like he's trying to see may, maybe he should maybe he should sit down and uh, and and this this action alone is going to cause him to sort of float down to uh, to the ground and it reaches out one tentacle uh, hoping to receive said Jay uh, and then I, I hit. Uh... The cinnamon senior. I forget, I forget his name. Cayenne. And just uh, indicate that he should probably puff up past. Okay. Yeah. Cayenne's going to. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I uh, nothing could make this day weirder. So, and he passes the, <laughs> passes oh, the you joint just wait. over to the, uh, he passes the joint to the space squid. <laughs> and, uh, and Ollie is going to take a hit of it. And uh, it's going to do it's gonna do a little bit of damage to the space to the space octopus. So he's gonna be he's gonna be reduced by 10 health points. He's gonna start coughing and then he's going to realize what he's supposed to be doing and uh, and he's going to say, oh, no you t- hippies, I won't be I won't be I won't have my evil changed by your self-indulgent ways. This and, portion of the uh, podcast brought to you by Dare. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to teach you how to find all the drugs, and then we're going to ask you politely not to buy them. <laughs> not to dare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now it's it's now it's Ollie the space octopus's turn. Um, he's going to be at disadvantage now though because he's a little high. So that that worked out well for you. Um, and he <laughs> is going to uh, try to eat Misky. So Misky, you need to do a Constitution saving throw. Ooh. Um, con nineteen. Okay. Yeah, that's saves. So he he puts you in his in his mouth, and he kind of bites down. But there's like I think it's probably because he's high. But you just sort of feel funny, 
and he's like i don't know if i remember having ever eaten before this does this how this normally feels and he sort of just pulls you out of his mouth so he's only going to do seven damage to you and um, then he, can as he's doing it can i alter self cast alter self to go natural weapons and uh grow my extra long fingernails sure let's do it let's get wolfie <laughs> so if he's gonna wolfie. bite down <laughs> now you're I'm gonna spiking. go go uh meg griffin superpower and just extra long fingernails up into the roof of his mouth okay so you're like a little puffer fish okay yeah um <laughs> roll roll to hit on those fingernails as a reaction Ooh, uh 22 that will hit and roll damage. Uh, it's probably one one d six for every all ten fingernails, right? Yeah, yeah. So I guess roll ten d six. Ten d six. Do you want me to roll it on my thing? <laughs> yeah, please. Because inside the octopus beak is obviously the most fragile part of the octopus. There's a palate. There's got to be a palate, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So you do forty nine damage with your with your jabbing. Um, so yeah, so retcon here, Ali tries to put you in his mouth. You, uh, go puffer fish and jab him in the palate and he's kind of stoned. So he doesn't notice right away. So he chews a little bit extra, which makes it do more damage. And then he, he winces and pulls you out of his mouth. And now he's just sort of holding you out there. Now he's going to try doing a, a, a <clears throat> whip slash with some of his other tentacles. And that's going to swipe toward Flint and, uh, and, and Ted. And that is going to be a oof, a 13 to hit. That's not going to hit either of you. Miss. Okay. So then it is, um, Miski, you had the 13. Mm-hmm. You're up. Okay. Giant octopus, do you want to put me back in mouth? Come on, mouth hole. Just taunt him a little bit. See what he does. <laughs> okay. He is, he is looking at you with really irritated, tiny um, octopus eyes and, and kind of shakes his shakes his upper cephalopod part at you like no i'm not i'm not gonna try to bite you again i'm not stupid i'm stoned but i'm not stupid but uh, i'm still being held by tentacle right yes yeah you're gonna you'll have uh, another chance for a well actually yeah we should just do another saving throw now so do a strength saving throw please to see if you want to break free assuming you want to break free otherwise you can try to do something from the tentacle i don't want to break free i'm gonna stay there and I'm going to cast mm, Blight. Okay. Uh, necromatic spell. Target makes a con saving throw. So con save on 17. Okay. He did save. So then he does half damage on 9d8. Okay. 9d8. Half of 36 is 20. Wait now. <laughs> 18. 18. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm terrible with numbers. That's why I'm a DM. And I'm still taunting him. I'm trying to get, trying to convince him to let me back in that mouth hole. Okay. Yeah. Roll, roll performance real quick. I'll let you do taunting as a react and let's see if he's going to react to it. Performance is 13. Okay. He's, he's not going to react yet. Um, okay. Flint, it's your turn. A couple of things. Let's uh, lift, lift back the curtain so everyone can see behind it. Often what I'm doing uh, in between turns is looking into the authenticity of our, the statements we made. So I Googled, do octopus, octopi eat pufferfish? Oh, okay. I wanted okay. to see 
you know, what would happen. And apparently it led me to this website, this National Geographic article about a big blue octopus trying to eat an inflated puffer fish. And the lead or the, I, I can't remember now, I lost the website, but the subheading or whatever was, has the giant octopus met its match? I thought, oh, great, we're being accurate. But when I started typing in, does an octopus, the next thing, the first one that popped up, the autocomplete was fart. So does an octopus <laughs> fart? So and what did I you clearly followed down this, this road. <laughs> and I learned, first of all, there's a website called rangerrick.org. Somehow the National Wildlife Federation has kept alive this character that wasn't even a character in our generation, I don't think. I had friends who got Ranger Rick magazine when I was, when I was young. Yeah, but I think the original Ranger Rick was like a 1960s thing, wasn't it? Is that just in my head? I mean, probably. Not probably in your head, but probably you're right. Because like Smokey, like the, the personification of animals for, for land preservation really was kind of a post-boomer era sort of idea. Anyways, so the answer is... Hey, you know, it worked, though, because the environment's in better shape than ever. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So if you wanted to know, elephants fart, both Asian and Africans. Okay. Uh, and an sloths, elephant is just a one to puss. <laughs> it's a one to puss. Uh, sloths do not fart. Lacewings, one species of lacewings fart. Octopuses do not release gas, so they're not farters. They have a special tube called a siphon that can shoot out water, but not gas. What are we doing? <laughs> and this has been Flint's Fart Corner. Do, 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 do. And we, somehow we didn't answer if they eat puffer fish. Oh, no, I answered that question. They, they've met their They match. try. Um, oh, yeah. they tried. They try, but it doesn't work, which means we were canonically accurate because Misty <laughs> as puffer fish did do exactly what he should have done. <laughs> and the, the last thing is for, for goldfish, does it fart? The answer is hardly ever. Which brings up so many more questions, but we don't need to go down that road. <laughs> Someone who only has anecdotal evidence of goldfish farting. <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so I recall, what was the name of my um, holy symbol? Was it like a big red button I pushed with a smiley face on it? What was it? Yeah, you, you ended up getting a big red button when, when you hung out with Sheldon in hell, I think. Yeah, and yeah. doesn't it make a, a funny... I think it just said something like, you're so good looking. It oh, just compliments right. you. <laughs> you're so good looking. <laughs> so I pull out my holy symbol and I press it. And he got, he says, you're so good looking. And I cast, why can't I remember this? Spiritual weapon. Okay. And what form and this does spiritual, spiritual weapon take? Well, given everything we've just learned, I think I'm going to cast as a puffer fish. Great. Cool. <laughs> And is this but still deflated? It hasn't yet puffed up. <laughs> okay, so it's a P it's Diddy. A space, it's it's like a space spiritual puffer fish. It's a P Diddy, not <laughs> Puff Daddy. Spiritual P Diddy, the puffer fish. Okay, great. <laughs> um, uh, great. Okay. And so he swims to the to Ollie and tries to puff up against him as an attack. All right. So I think I just do normal attacks for this, right? Yeah, Attack. the spiritual weapon should have whatever its rule is. I can't remember. Okay, where's the rule? Now I got to look it up again. Cut. We're leaving this all in. Every every single minute of it. Five plus eight. Thirteen. 
that will not hit. He should have puffed up first. Yeah. Uh, and then with my bonus action, I, or not my bonus action with my second action, whichever it is, uh, I, oh, I guess the order would be I would take a shot with my action and cast spiritual weapon with my bonus action, something like that. Yeah, take take your take your shot with what whatever you're gonna shoot. Plasma rifle. Okay. Okay. And that is a 14 plus. I forget what we said. Uh, I forget this every single time. I think it's plus eight to hit. Yeah. So 22. That uh, your shot is true, and the plasma hits Ollie the space to puss, but it is ineffective. The, the plasma splashes off of him like uh, like water beating off of the hood of a recently waxed pt cruiser i i vomit (laughs) (laughs) that was the proper response (laughs) okay that's all i got okay i think that's all i get i don't think i get to take any further actions okay um then it's back to the top to tedzin uh cool i think i would like to shoot a crossbow bolt into the soft underbelly of the space bus. great do it uh, 20 to hit not natural okay um and then i forgot i had this i um since he uh, the space plus is engaged with um another enemy um my attacks also uh include sneak attack which does an additional 8 d6 yeah along with the 1d6 for the crossbow yeah, you got that rogue action going on. Do it. Cool. Okay. Do you want me to roll that? No, I, I got it. It's just a you got it. <laughs> slow. <laughs> uh, nine, D, six, uh, 30 in total. 30. Great. Yeah, the, the, your arrow is is true. And because uh, because Ollie's like busy trying to figure out if he can eat Misky and also uh, letting the, the sweet plasma drippings roll off of his, his uh, freshly waxed form, he doesn't see you. He doesn't see it coming. And and that just really, really messes him up. All right. Now it is Ollie the Space Depuss's turn, and he's going to roar uh, grossly, and he's going to throw Misky with his first move. So, Misky, I need you to do a constitution saving throw. Can I cast Levitate as a reaction? Yeah, you can. So, mm, still thrown, but maybe gently? Yeah, yeah. Still do the, still do the save, just... That's a fail. That's a two. Okay, so you're still gonna take you're still gonna take twenty damage because he's gonna kind of squeeze you before he throws you, so you get like squished uh, and and like one of those uh, weird oblong shaped stress characters that have red ears that poke out and the nose sticks mm-hmm, out and mm-hmm. stuff. You kind of like bulge in every direction, and then he <laughs> throws you. But right when he throws you, you just levitate yourself, so you just kind of stop in midair and and you get to get to look at him like, haha, I got you. And uh, with, with the second attack, Ali is going to try to cast uh, Lightning Sphere, which is a, an area of uh, effect spell. So all, all three of you are in it. So that's going to be a 25 to hit. Uh, that very much hits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that hits all. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I kind of figured it would, but okay. So that's going to do, uh, it's going to do 36 damage Oof. to each of you. And you each need to roll a constitution save as well. You said how much damage? 36? 36, yeah. Howie. Unless any of you are strong against shock or lightning damage. Just make sure you're paying attention to your resistances if you have any. 
I'm resistant to shame. <laughs> Which shame and shock are similar emotionally, but not physically. That's a that's a nine on the save. So one hey, I got a nine on the save. Okay. Ted's in. Uh, yeah, 12. Okay. Uh, all three of you are temporarily paralyzed from the shock. And so that means we will skip all of your turns. Wait, and... can my uh, spiritual weapon still attack? While oh, I'm yeah, paralyzed? your spiritual weapon can still attack. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. So, okay, yeah, let's, so Puff let's... Daddy, the puffer fish. Uh, he, this time, is is the great beast maw open? Yeah, I mean he's kind of laughing at you now because you're all you're all kind of standing there vibrating and and in in a cartoonish sort of shocked way you're you're still just sort of eh, I can't move. <laughs> um, it's like it's like an old episode of Star Trek from the '60s where it's just sort of okay, shake the camera and shake yourself, and that's how we know that something's wrong. And, <laughs> and yeah, so so Ali is is ha 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 ha. I have frozen you. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I love how his voice uh, morphs throughout this. <laughs> I have frozen you. Yeah, no, he's eventually just going to be like, he's just a French chef who's also an octopus. It's just slimy French chef. Yeah, he went from like wherever that wet voice was that you start out with to kind of a Dexter's Laboratory sort of voice. <laughs> and now he's moving a little more French. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Very Dexter's uh, okay, Lab. So the- the pufferfish swims into his mouth and puffs up as his attack. So, oops, I'll let you have advantage on that because yeah, of the because he's swimming into the mouth. So Ali okay. really is like, oh, good, I get to eat this spiritual pufferfish. So he like opens a little wider to let him in. Oh, that's nice. So yeah. I rolled in a uh, seventeen and a twenty-one. The twenty-one will hit. Yeah, and it does. So 19 damage. Okay, we're going to... Puffing, puffing damage. We're going to triple it. So whatever 19 times 3 is. I don't. I, I can't do that in my head. Uh, 57? Great. I'll take it. Whether it's right or wrong, I'll take it. So yeah, going to do 57 damage. And this is mainly because you did the legwork to figure out that canonically, pufferfish in an octopus's mouth is a thing that is for real. <laughs> so you're Thanks, getting... National uh, Geographic. That's right. Sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, National Geographic. If you if you're tired of national parks things and you'd rather sponsor a role playing podcast, we're right here, <laughs> and you can tweet at Nate Regolia. So yeah, so you do like crazy. Uh, P Diddy does crazy damage inside inside Ollie the space to puss his mouth when he puffs up, and uh, immediately uh, Ollie kind of uh, gags, coughs, and like spews P Diddy out toward you so uh he's he's bouncing out and now it's going to be ollie the space to puss his turn again because the rest of you are paralyzed um, so he's going to make an attempt going to try to grab tedzin and eat you so ted you need to make a constitution saving throw it's gonna be a nine okay you are grabbed and uh he's going to try to put you into his mouth and uh succeed at that so you're going to take Okay, let's see. It's going to be 22 damage from being bit. No. And then Ollie is going to use his second attack to try to grab Flint. So make a constitution save, please. I apologize. I was muted. I said, yes, sir. And then I said, 19. Okay. 
Yeah, you're 19 saves, so uh, that, that tentacle comes at you. You snap out of your paralysis just quickly enough to slap that tentacle away. P. Diddy, the pufferfish, starts to sing, you can't hold him down, you can't hold him down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks. I, I've been looking for uh, P. Diddy lyrics for a little while, so. <laughs> I, I really appreciate the amount of research you put into every every session. So, yeah, okay, so now uh, that, that uh, completes... Ollie's turn, so it is Misky's turn. Um, okay. <laughs> Greg, did we learn anything else about octopus, about what they actually do want to eat? Uh, I can figure that out, but no. Great. While we're figuring like? that out, uh, M- Misky wants, <laughs> wants to do a, kind of a setup move. So we're, we're going to cast Silent Image of whatever delicious morsel uh, Greg finds that space to pooks space to pusses i know that that octopi love eating crabs because what they will do is they'll use their beak to penetrate the shell of the crab then they spit acid in and liquefy the crab's body and they slurp it out but they also eat soft shell crab a lot yep yeah that's gross uh Uh we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna gonna the ocean is terrifying (laughs) uh the answer is mollusks uh crustaceans clams shrimps lobsters crabs snails Open ocean octopuses feed on fish, birds, and snails. Perfect. Okay, so this is a space octopus. So we are going to cast Silent Image, uh, doing a whole family of Dr. Zoidbergs. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> just like, just a Yay, lot. I'm useful! <laughs> just a little Zoidberg pile, um, purely as bait. And uh, I'm going to levitate up. Um, uh, another 50 feet or so and um also cast fire elemental okay uh to appear near me and uh s- with the intention of starting to plummet down to the earth and cast arcane gate uh to portal up through the pile of zoidbergs into the octopus uh thinking it's going to take all of this turn to do that fall and then cast okay. it right at the beginning of my next turn. Okay, so you, so you, the fire elemental is going to attack as you are looping through the pile of Zoidbergs. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll allow it. That all so sounds very the, doable. The, <laughs> the hope is that I'm going to time this to go upward through the pile of Zoidbergs as the beak opens up while riding a fire elemental um, like the bomb in Doctor Strangelove. Okay. I'm going to roll a save for Ollie to to not be tricked by the deception of the Zoidbergs, and he has failed. So he is now fully focused on this pile of Zoidbergs that looks so delicious. There is, there is, I mean, to the extent that I think a, an octopus's mouth can water, it is watering, and it is gross. But uh, <laughs> uh, that is happening, and uh, so now you have this fire elemental hanging out. You are getting ready to drop through a hole in, in space-time right by those, and uh, and we will jump to Flint's turn. Okay, so I, with my main action, I cast... So just so I'm following, you're trying to get the octopus to fall through a portal of some short sort? Is that what I'm understanding? Nope, I, I am falling through the portal while riding a fire elemental to shoot upward into the octopus's mouth who is trying to eat a pile of invisible Zoidbergs. Or okay. <laughs> imaginary Zoidbergs. <laughs> yeah, they are visible. 
They're visible. <laughs> invisible Zoidbergs would be that. I mean, that's the <laughs> that's the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. Was invisible Zoidbergs. <laughs> okay, with my uh, with my main term turn, I cast bless on Miski and myself and Tedzin. So I bless up to three creatures of my choice within range. Whenever a target makes an attack roll or a saving throw before the spell ends, the target can roll a D4 and add the number rolled to the attack roll or saving throw. All right. Nice so, little buff. In other words, if you need to, I'm, I'm buffing you up. So roll a D4 to get your hit. Um, buff. Okay. Buff it up. And then with my bonus action, Puffy the Pufferfish kind of goes into the... I guess what what's the area of the octopus like where all the tentacles meet underneath the perineum <laughs> the octopus perineum so he's <laughs> the octopus is garden up. in the shade <laughs> I don't know man yeah, it's, a sh- it's a shady octopus garden and he flies up in there and then he inflates with his attack okay do that and so that is uh, you have advantage on this because he's distracted looking at the zoidbergs too Okay, I, my first roll was a 24, so my guess is that That hits, hit. yeah, that hits. You're good. Okay, and then let's see. The damage is uh, 20. Ooh, that was a good roll. So that's going to be 60 damage because, again, we have bio-natural uh, superpowers. So very good. All right, so 60 damage to Ali, the space to puss from Sean Pufferfish Combs. <laughs> And uh, and now we're back to Ted. Great. So I'm still. Um, am I am I still being held by the o- octopus? You you are you are right. in its grasp, yeah. Um, but you're like your your hands and legs are kind of. I mean, it's grabbing you around the middle, so you could you could cast anything or or do a lot of different stuff. Um, you you're not limited on being able to attack. Okay. Well, yeah, I'd like to stab the tentacle that's holding me if I could. Yep. Do it. Um, 27 to hit. That hits. And then, uh, he's still technically engaged with the others as well, right? Yo, yeah, he's, he's very engaged with the, with the Zoidbergs and with the, with the pain of Sean Pufferfish Combs. So you're good. <laughs> All right. We roll the dice. Yeah. Uh, 36 total. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, and so you stab and he immediately reflexively releases you. So, um, Please roll, uh, roll acrobatics real quick. Okay, acrobatics. You said yes. Okay. Um, well, now I've lost my dice. Why is this happening? Can you roll uh, d twenty for me and then add fourteen? Yep. Yep. Do it, Flint. How much am I adding? I rolled a thirteen. Fourteen. Yeah, you uh, twenty-seven. With, with the twenty-seven, um, you you land you land softer than a feather could land on the ground. <laughs> Um, and you actually, because of because of how good that roll is, I'm going to give you another another action. So you can take a a reactive attack because you've landed right below Ollie. Awesome. Well, I'm going to shoot another arrow up into his underbelly, but first I'm going to burp up one last marshmallow that was caught in there. Great. Okay. And that that marshmallow then... contains uh, your memory of uh, fighting with blade mages in the casino. Uh, oh, these many years ago and into the future at the same time. Goodness, I, I actually did forget about that. <laughs> okay. hey, I mean, uh, he, he was upset that you were winning at the casino, and you you were in the right. 
And I, I totally missed you stepped away from, from getting grabbed by those guards, now that I recall, but... Yeah, you missed. He stepped bit, into man. the rafters. <laughs> you like you went full Phantom of the Opera <laughs> to get out of the situation. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, hard to evade that those fuzz. Okay, um, twenty-five to hit. That hits. Sorry, Twenty-three to hit. Yep, still um, hits. Gosh, okay. It just doesn't like when I try to roll nine ninety-six. Can someone roll ninety-six for me? <laughs> I got it. Thirty-eight. Perfect. So yeah, that that that'll do that'll do some some pretty serious damage to the old to the old Ulster. We'll call it is all it, no that doesn't work. Ollie, <laughs> Ollie the space to push, and, uh, and and he sort of like a couple of his a couple of his tentacles kind of go limp, like he's 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 in that much pain at the moment. And it is now his turn. He is going to uh, attempt to uh, do that shock attack again. So that is going to be a uh, 21 to hit. Hits. Hit. <clears throat> I've got very little armor class. Does that, Miski, does that hit you? Oh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So that is uh, 26 damage. And, uh, and he's weakened, but do each of you do a constitution save for the shock? And don't remember you can use your D4 if you need to. Oh, wait, is that only on attacks? It should it's be on all roll. saves. Yeah, I think it's on saves too. Yeah, okay. you have you, so you, you have to. class and cleric and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's got a it's it covers everything. It's a seventeen. Seventeen saves. Yeah, I rolled a seventeen. What's the duration of the buff. Uh, What's the duration of the buff, though? You can use it one one time, but it lasts. Okay. It should last the whole the battle. Spell ends. Yeah, it'll la- It should last the okay. whole battle because it's going to last like one to twenty minutes or something, and we're still literally in like the third second of the battle <laughs> okay because cool. that's how time uh, yeah, I'm gonna save mine, but <laughs> i uh, i rolled a 14 i'm gonna save then okay so you so yeah the, the 14 won't save no you can at, use that 1d4 to bump it no, up i didn't know if i had to declare declare it prior to i will go ahead and do that yeah no yeah, yeah go ahead i'm frozen again if someone could roll me a d4 yes oh now i'm frozen oh there we go roll with it Two. three <laughs> okay <laughs> i yeah, beat you to it this, the, the three will make that a 14, a 17. All three of you save. No one is shocked. And uh, and uh, Ollie is just going to sort of look down at, at his two limp tentacles. And, and he's starting to question what he's what he's doing with his life. Miski, it's your turn. And is he still uh, hungry for Zoidbergs? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's still been like way into the Zoidbergs. He just keeps sort of thrashing childlike at things like, you know, Ted attacking him and stuff like that. Um, but he he still wants those Zoidbergs. Great. Uh, so as I'm falling, I'm going to cast Arcane Gate to open two portals on the ground immediately underneath me and the fire elemental and then where the Zoidbergs were to okay. just go right up the, the Octo Gullet. Okay. And uh, do, do the Independence Day. I'm back. Nice. While, while falling up through the hole. <laughs> Randy Quaid's <laughs> greatest role. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to be inside the mouth while riding a fire elemental, uh, assuming that it's going to hurt. And yeah. when I do take some damage, I'm going to use Misty Escape okay. to take damage and then turn invisible and teleport 60 feet directly above uh, Ollie. Okay, great. Then, yeah, let's do... So you're, you're flying into his mouth. Uh, he has been thrashing around with his tentacles, 
he's been slowly moving toward the Zoidbergs. You are now uh, teleporting through underneath, through the Zoidbergs, up into that open mouth as he's ready to chomp down. He's like, I'm going to eat these Zoidbergs. I'm going to feel better. And then I can continue my mission of killing these three adventurers who I've never met before, but I, I don't like because I have a, a wet, drippy voice that the DM no longer wants to attempt. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> so go ahead and roll your attack with advantage for your fire elemental mount. With advantage, thank you. That's going to be a 14 to hit. That will not hit. That will not hit. Okay, so then he is just going to do 1d10 fire damage to because it has entered a hostile creature's space. Okay, and you'll do uh, double do... because it's still it's still seafood, and seafood does not like getting getting cooked. <laughs> so it's going to do that much fire damage until something takes an action to douse the fire. Okay, cool. So do roll that d10 and we'll double it. Give me a 10. Four. Okay. So, so eight damage. Cool. Okay. And, and it's got a, a fire elemental in its mouth. Okay. So it's got this fire elemental in its mouth and it's very uncomfortable. And you have now, uh, now, now as the, as the mouth is clamping down uh, around you because, uh, because it's trying to eat the Zoidbergs and uh, now it's eating the fire elemental. So you are going to take... 10 damage, and uh, and then you're going to Misty Step away? Yep. Okay, so now you are 60 feet above him, and the fire elemental is in the mouth, and it is Flint's turn. So there's a fire elemental in its mouth, kind of underneath it. Mm-hmm, yep. Right? So it goes fire elemental, base to puss, and then Misky up above him? Yeah, Misky's way up above, and there there is still sort of a, a an illusory pack of Zoidbergs on the ground with a portal. <laughs> Okay, so uh, <laughs> would you expect this, you know, him biting into this fire elemental that he would immediately squirt backwards using, you know, instead of water, some sort of space? Space ink? Ink. <laughs> yeah, I mean... What it, I would it... like to do is reach into my pouch and open up my... Uh, reach into my, What I'd like to do is open up my mess kit take my thermos out, empty out the contents and throw it up there, hoping that the octopus will somehow, this giant octopus just fills the space of a small thermos and trap him in it. Okay. So let me know if you, what rolls and stuff I need to do, or if that's even possible. So the, so the, so the space octopus is going to spit the fire elemental out and, and the octopus itself is going to go into the thermos. Yeah, because you know, when octopuses can fill weird shapes, you know, there's okay, uh, okay, yeah, no, I like this, I like this a lot. Yeah. Okay, so yes, all right, so here's what, all right, so here's what we're here's what we're laying down is that Flint is going to take his uh, your your canteen wa- your canteen your your water sack whatever it is you're gonna you're gonna open it empty it you're gonna throw it into the air in the I'd hopes like to that- give him. A- yeah, give them an opportunity of like, well, where's a safe place where they can't get me? Oh yeah, that 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 uh, cave over there. Okay, that little tiny cave, <laughs> space it's, cave. Cool. So okay, so in the thought that that the space octopus is going to so quickly spit out the fire elemental <laughs> and propel itself with its own uh, like water jet back into this thing and get stuck inside of it completely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I'm into it. 
Um, let's do let's do a head-to-head D20 roll, okay? So you just have to roll higher than Ollie rolls on a D20. Okay. And we'll um, see if that if that can come to pass. Would you call this athletics or animal handling? Straight would, up. Uh, yeah. I yeah, let's just do straight up. No, no modifiers, just okay. Just the dice. Let's see how the dice roll. Uh, I rolled an eight. Ali rolled a seven, so you are going to succeed, <laughs> and by the slimmest of margins. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So here's what happens now. Flint throws, Flint quickly shakes out his canteen, throws it up into the air. Uh, as his turn is expiring and Tedson's turn begins, Ali is going to uh, respond to the the fire elemental in his mouth by spitting a jet of water out and expelling the fire elemental. And this jet of water is going to shoot him straight backwards toward this canteen that is floating in space. And, and with, with just insane precision, the top of his little head is going to slide right into the mouth opening <laughs> of the canteen. And now what we have is Ollie's tentacles and beak sticking out of a tiny canteen. <laughs> And he is extremely constricted, so he's going to roll disadvantage for the rest of the of the uh, of the battle. Um, and he's going to take okay. Let's see. He's going to take uh, thirty five squeezing damage because he really got compacted into there. <laughs> so yeah, I like that. That that's 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 some novel thinking. If you don't already have inspiration, you should take some inspiration for that. And uh, uh, Tedzin, it's your turn again. Wonderful. So I, I guess he's in the thermos. Yeah. So his tentacles and beak are still out, but the rest of him is inside the body of the canteen. Oh, I really wish I had magic. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, this seems silly, but I'm just going to jump up in the air above the thermos and then land downward with my sword going into the thermos. Okay. Yeah. I mean the third. <laughs> The thermos is okay. So here's the thing: the thermos's armor class is four, so you are likely to hit it. It's not like a thermos is is a protective bit of shielding. So you basically have a a captive creature that's packed into slightly more than a paper bag. So yeah, roll roll an attack. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, can someone hit a d20 for me? I've got my stats. I just can't. I got you. Function right now. Roll eighteen. Cool. So twenty uh, twenty seven to hit. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a four. All right, and then I need eight d six and one d eight. Yeah, I don't want to roll those. Okay, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> you said eight d six and one d eight. Yeah, and then the d eight plus four. Forty three plus four is forty seven. Um, you you hear the most horrendous gurgling screech uh, echo from inside the canteen as you strike down, and honestly, like you you kind of do this very cool repost where you you stab and you draw the sword out and you swipe and you cut off like four of Ali's tentacles at the same time and then you s- just land down on the ground in a superhero tripod and and stand up and flex <laughs> and you just sort of shake the octopus blood off of your blade 
and you pose and literally like 15 very attractive Japanese girls run up and start kissing you. And now <laughs> it is Ollie's turn and Ollie is with disadvantage living inside a, a container. Uh, but he's going to go ahead and try again to do that shock damage attack. And he nat 20, so you're all getting hit with it. But, so that's going to be uh, 30 damage. But because he's trapped in a thing, the, the shock component is is muted. So you each take 30 damage. But now it is Misky's turn. Uh, so Misky is uh, about 60 feet up in the air. Not doing great. And is going to do some eldritch bolts just from from the safety of on high um gonna do i can do four bolts all of them are plus eight that's a 22 yep 23 yep 21 yep and nine yeah that also hits he's still in a canteen oh yeah (laughs) i mean he's wait he is very stuck and he's he's still in the canteen yeah oh um, I, I thought the, the sword was going to break him free from the canteen. No, yeah, the sword just stabbed into the side of the canteen, and then and then Ted kind of pulled out and, like, sliced across the, the tentacle side. So, yeah, the, the, the how, main of Ali is in the canteen. How big are the tentacles um, outside of the canteen? They're, like, they're like 15 feet long. Perfect. I'm going to cast Force Cage again. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because it can be up to 20 foot on a side and my invisible box is going to appear uh, around Ollie and his canteen. Okay. So you're not doing the Eldritch Bolts? Not doing the Eldritch Bolts. Okay. All right. He's just trapped in there now. So he's just in a glass case of emotion. Great. (laughs) You, you hear, you hear muffled gurgling from inside the uh, glass case of emotion. And uh, assuming that it's over, Misky's going to float down and stand on top of the cage. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, Ollie has only like three arms left that work and he is nearly dead. So he is, he's now effectively trapped in the minute phantom zone you have created. And uh, we're out of battle. I would, unless, uh, yeah. So I'm going to cast prayer of healing on my, me and my compatriots. Okay, great. <laughs> Cause it, if anyone is like me, they could use some healing. I, also, I'm down I feel to like seven hit points. Yeah, I'm down to thirteen. Yeah, I thought this one might be one of the few battles that might kill you. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad no one died, but I'm glad it was close. So cool. Okay, so five d eight plus three. Everyone take thirty hit points back. Huzzah. I just undid the, his last attack. Okay. Um, so now Ali is going to make a screeching noise that is that is ear piercing, and suddenly inside the glass case of emotion, Ali is going to fold in on himself, and it's it. You watch as time sort of collapses in there, and he just falls into a single point of light within the cube, and dissipates. And there's a shock wave that's going to come bursting out. So everybody needs to do a dexterity save real quick. That's a fail. Okay. What did you roll? Have you used your D4 yet? I have not, but it's going to be five plus three, eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you'll you'll uh, jump out of the way. Flint? 17. Good. Ted? 18. Okay. So, yeah. So, Miski, you're going to take 10 damage from the shockwave. Okay. 
because you you noticed it was happening and you lunged out of the way, but you didn't quite get all the way out of the way. The rest of you are fine. You have defeated Ollie the Space Diplus, and <laughs> suddenly next to you, Hyde Mr. Cayenne sits up. He has been passed out this whole time, and he's he sits up and is still holding a lit joint. He takes a puff and says, oh man, holy shit, you guys were right. We can't, uh, we're not messing with this at all. It's, let's, we gotta go. We gotta go, we gotta dynamite this cave. We, no one can ever have anything to do with the abyss. It's the only way we can save the future. Uh, couldn't agree more with you, uh, Mr. Cayenne. Um, he, he, yes, you make, you make a good point, but are we sure that more space monsters will let us? I, I've got a really good feeling that, that no other space monsters will interrupt uh, our activity at this, at this juncture <laughs> in the story. <laughs> I, I uh, completely okay. lost any ability to know what's going on. So, um, sh- <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yeah, the the world around you is is much as it was before. So you can see the the cave of the abyss beyond the under construction astrolabe that Cayenne has decided no longer to activate, and he invites you to uh, get ready to 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 go blow up that cave. Let's go blow up that cave. Yeah. All let's right. Get, let's get a plan. So the the Loving four of you comes together. The four of you enter the cave. Flint, you're you're smoking a cigar and you're wearing a a, a kerchief. Misky, you are uh, waking up from drinking drugged milk because you don't like helicopters. And Tedzin, you have just <laughs> taken off the mask of a slightly less attractive man to that you use to trick uh, the guards of the the cave to let you in. <laughs> and uh, the the three of you and and Cayenne enter the cave with with a big old just cartload of dynamite, and you set it up and you run the the ignition wire out. You set up the the plunger box. Who who wants to who who wants to who wants to blow it up? Uh, uh, I put my I hand think... on Tedzin's shoulder and say, "Are are you wheeling?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the full circle. I nod, uh, no, knowingly and willingly, back towards uh, Misky. Uh, perfect. And then I cast gaseous form to turn him into a cloud of gas, and I take my other hand and press down the plunger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. So yeah, as you as as Ted turns into gas and and Ted, you're you're viewing the world as gas. So it's kind of like I don't even understand what solid form is, man. This is weird. <laughs> Misky depresses the plunger, and you all look on as as just a a chain reaction ripple of explosions occur inside the cave of the abyss, and the entire cave and the mountain around it fall in. And uh, Misky, you see, you see what is is kind of a, a sort of flash of purple light uh, in in your in your spectral vision that you almost read as like the visual interpretation of a scream, but it's also a scream of weakness. And and you take a moment to to clock that emotion that it's that it's you've done something here today that is meaningful. And and as someone who has lost his sense of meaning, you suddenly realize that. Yes, this this was the right thing to do. The the cave implodes, uh, a rock slide begins, and and 
large boulders fall and crush the astrolabe, the, the large rings of the astrolabe that channeled the abyss and, and directed it to create the cure in the future, as well as the power that it would have created, those, those things collapse and, and fall. And after this huge cloud of dust dissipates, the four of you, the three of you and, and High Administrator Cayenne stand there covered with dust, looking upon possibly the brightest future that you've conceived of since you first answered your invitation to Luminera so many months ago. Or was it years or days or hours? You don't know anymore, but you know that you finally feel like you sorted something out. You made a real difference. And High Administrator Cayenne turns to you and, and smiles and, and you all take a moment to sort of breathe this moment in. And then he invites you back to his house for a banquet and a party. And when you get to the party, everyone is there from the town. Uh, many of the, the wealthy people who Ted had tried to pickpocket are there. Uh, and there's no hard feelings. In fact, they're kind of letting you do whatever you want. It's, it's really almost taking the fun out of it, but you're still enjoying it because they're, they're playing coy. And you party and you enjoy this, this delicious banquet and you all retire to your rooms, tired, but it's the good kind of tired. It's the kind of tired where you feel like you've actually done something. And as you all drift off into sleep, a black tendril, highlighted in purple, slinks into your minds and pulls you out of whatever dream you were having into the depths of a darkness you have never conceived before. Or did it? Or did it? <laughs> Roll for Blank features performances by Greg Corbin, Zimmy Joe, Jason Ling, Shannon Page, Corey Palencia, Eric Palencia, Rex Roberts, and me, Nate Rigoli. I also wrote this RPG campaign. Theme music features public domain samples by Dan Lucas, Level Clearer, and Northern 87 via Free Sounds. If you like RPGs too, support their makers and get rolling.